Hi, this is James Joker, host of Web Comics Reviews and Interviews. Today we're selling without a con, so sit back, relax, and let the geek fest begin. First off, for those dealing with the COVID-19, definitely I offer my condolences to you. It's going to be a hard summer, and some of you have had to deal with some really hard stuff. For the nurses and doctors and other first responders out there, thank you. You're doing an awesome job. Keep it up. Unfortunately, we're dealing with the comic book sellers in this episode. And this is definitely going to be a sucky summer. What we're basically looking at is that the usual method for basically making money for a comic book is that you take advantage of a convention, you basically grab an artist alley there, and then you let everybody know. And then you sell your little heart out, getting rid of as much of your stock as you possibly can. The problem, however, is that a lot of conventions have decided to close up shop this summer. This makes perfect sense. I mean, you basically have a very virulent virus that basically likes crowds of people, and conventions are by their very nature a huge number of people in a very small area. And it's pretty much an ideal situation for spreading viruses. I mean, straight up, you've got people doing all this hand-holding, hugging, messing around with each other, and, shall we say, other interesting uh, activities, and... Yeah, this would definitely be an ideal Petri dish for any virus to decide to take advantage of it. So I can definitely understand why the convention is closed up shop. Unfortunately, if you don't have a convention, you don't have an artist alley. If you don't have an artist alley, you don't have tables. And if you don't have tables, you don't have comic book sellers selling their little hearts out. And, well, understandably, it sort of sucks when you realize that a lot of people don't just justify the expense of going there, but a lot of them actually do make a decent profit. It's just straight up. This is definitely going to be a summer where a lot of people are going to be hit hard. Adding to the fun is that you have a lot of people that have been well-called non-essential employees. What this basically means is that they're not necessary for life to go on as we know. They're just simply really nice to be there. And, well, unfortunately a lot of these people are really worried about where the rent's going to be coming from, how they're going to pay their bills, how they're going to put food on the table. Because of the COVID-19, a lot of people have just simply been saying, hey, we don't really need you. Uh, can you just go home and just simply take care of yourself? Now, whereas this is actually sort of a really great idea, again, going back to the whole viruses like people, the big problem, obviously, is this is causing a lot of economic stress. Again, you've got people that are really worried about how they're going to basically pay their rent. They have no idea how they're going to pay their bills. And food on the table is unfortunately an option you just can't deal with. This unfortunately means that when it comes to luxury items such as comic books, a lot of people are choosing to forego in exchange for other items. Again, perfectly understandable. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. Just pointing out that for somebody trying to sell a comic book, which is a luxury item and is therefore going to be at the bottom of the priority list, it's going to pretty much suck. On top of that, you've also got a lot of comic book stores as well as bookstores and journals of clothes. Again, the non-essential employee situation has reared its ugly head, and a lot of store owners have simply decided to close up and not have to deal with any wrath from government type. So what it basically means is that that's another venue that's been closed. Not a major one, understandably, but nonetheless another venue that we do have to worry about. And again, another little detail is that, well, shipping schedules have been pretty much screwed. Naturally, this isn't a major problem for comic book fans because, well... Image Comics, all I'm going to say. But when it comes down to it, they sort of gotten used to not getting their product out on time. So that's another issue that sort of needs to be dealt with, but it's more of a consideration. This, of course, creates a huge number of problems, 
and we're basically what we're looking at is that you have people that are used to selling their comic books at conventions, at comic book stores, that basically actually know that people have a little bit of disposable income that they can have with, and they don't have that. And, of course, well, to a certain degree, you also have to deal with shipping schedule. All this basically means that if you're trying to sell a comic book right now, you're going to have some issues. Tonight, we're going to see what we can do about solving a couple of those issues. We're basically looking at ways to get your product out there cheaply, add a few other little extras that are also, again, cheap, and maybe having a little bit of fun with it. But we're basically trying to figure out ways to make you money. So we're going to basically have a little bit of fun at trying to help you make money, if that makes any sense. So that's where we are tonight. All right, so let's take this three different tack. The first tack is that, well, obviously, if you decide to just simply hold in, hunker down, and, well, keep safe, which is totally understandable, and I'm going to hate saying that like 27 times straight up. It's probably going to be the drinking game of this particular podcast. The bottom line here is that you're going to have a lot of people that are just staying home and keeping safe. You know, I can definitely understand where you're coming from, and just straight up, it actually makes a whole lot of sense. However, if you are going to basically stay home, don't just simply do nothing. That's going to drive you crazy. You're going to catch the worst case of cabin fever ever. And we'll be writing horror movies about what you've done. So please, find ways to keep yourself occupied. Obviously, if you're an artist, first off, you're going to want to basically make sure that you're practicing whatever skills you have. It's just, this is going to go through a huge number of notepads and pencils and possibly other art materials. Also, think about picking up other skills. Now would be a great time to basically channel your inner Bob Ross and start painting. I mean, straight up, there's a lot of really cool people who do comics and also paint. Just look at people like, say, just look at some of the incredible stuff done by Alex Ross. Or, for that matter, Bill Sinkowitz. Or, if you really want to have a little bit of fun, look at something like, say, Ken Baker or Boris Vallejo. It's just straight up. You can do a lot of really cool stuff with painting, and it actually makes your comics look incredible. On top of that, well, obviously, spreading your art skills around is never a bad thing. So if you can, check out some stuff like pastels and charcoal as well. Also, this is not a bad time to consider networking. I mean, straight up, you've got all this time, so take advantage of it. You know, just simply start figuring out areas where you aren't in it right now, and basically up your presence there. Obviously, if you're already doing a decent job on Facebook, cool. Pinterest, also look at stuff like LinkedIn. If you're a writer, booksies. You know, this is the time if you can start some sort of visual blog or just a regular blog. In essence, do whatever you can to basically network your skills around and have a little bit of fun doing it. It's straight up. You may as well take advantage of the fact that if you don't do it, you're going to drive yourself crazy. And again, They've done movies about people who have caught cabin fever. I mean, there's literally a horror movie franchise called Cabin Fever. Yeah, which is probably not the world's greatest topic to consider right now. But, last but not least, of course, is to get better at business and marketing. Straight up. You obviously have a really horrible time with business and marketing because, well, you're an artist. It just pretty much goes hand in hand. Now would be a great time to bone up on those skills and actually get a little bit better. If you've got a Kindle, obviously download some books. If you've got something like Amazon or something like that, start shipping those books in. You don't have to have a huge number of books, just a few couple that are actually pretty good at it. And on top of that, you can basically go either there's some really great books specifically on comic book marketing, or you can look for some business materials there. 
And of course, the obvious plug here is, hey, we're closing in on 100 episodes. I've also got 250 episodes total, pretty much between minicasts and briefs. So, comes down to it, there's plenty of listening material if you can put up with my voice. But, you know, the bottom line here is, you've got a little bit of time unless you're a freelancer. If you're a freelancer, well, yeah, you're pretty much screwed. Trust me, I know about that. So, take advantage of the time. Do some networking. Learn some new skills. Get better at the ones you do have. And, of course, pick up some business and marketing materials and start reading. It's just straight up. You've got some time. Let's take advantage of that and become a better person. Or at least become a better businessman or a better artist if you can't. Alright, for those of you who are a little panicky because of the economic situation, let's see if we calm your nerves down with a basic economic lesson. Specifically, if you have $5, what's the total income of the community you're dealing with? See, here's the deal. Alright, second problem, of course, is we need to make you feel better about your place in society. Yeah, here's the deal. You need to realize that you as an artist contribute to society just by basically providing some sort of distraction for other people. Yes, there's a lot more to that distraction than just simply being bright and cheerful. If you have any questions about the bright and cheerful, please track down my statements on regarding one Jonan Vasquez. Yes, Jonan Vasquez, cheering the people up one serial killer at a time. But the thing is, you need to sort of realize that your goal in life is to basically make other people's lives better. And of course, you do this by providing some really cool decoration to it. Yeah, I know, that's sort of a weird way of looking at it, but sort of look at the much, well, debated and definitely controversial stimulus bill when it came down to a lot of the stuff that people considered pork. A lot of that was straight benefits to the art community, either stuff directly through the National Endowment to the Arts or very specific, such as the Kennedy Center. That is, we had people that were in Congress who decided that as part of the COVID-19 stimulus package, artists were considered important enough that they needed to be part of the bill. Not only did they need to basically make sure that everybody could pay their bills, but they also needed to make sure that people could enjoy it. That is, you actually had people in Congress that were not just simply worried about making sure that people had food on the table, but they'd actually be able to have a decent quality of life as well. And you need to realize that as an artist. That is, your role in society is one that's going to be constantly mocked, made fun of, and you're basically going to be considered an annoyance. You're, in a lot of ways, considered a tick by even the most polite of people. But here's the fun part. You're also a vital part of their lives, whether they choose to realize that or not. Anytime they watch TV, a movie, read a comic, play a video game, whatever they're basically having to take advantage of the fact of what an artist can do. So yeah, they can make fun of you all they want, but the bottom line is, you are an important part of a huge number of people's lives, and you need to sort of realize that. More importantly, you need to realize this because you need to figure out a way to keep going as an artist. And yeah, realizing you serve some sort of higher purpose is definitely going to do it. You need to do this because you don't get out of bed, and you don't get on that computer, and you don't basically sell the heck out of yourself, you're not going to make any profit from your comic. So yeah, I know there's a certain level of optimism and a little bit of cynicism. But let's get real. A lot of artists, that's pretty much what we deal with. It's pretty much, you know, just part and parcel of the occupation. We not only keep very optimistic about things, but we tend to be a little bit more cynical than the average Joe. It's just part of who we are. 
you just have to realize, though, that you need to keep going for the sake of others. And in order for the sake of others, you also need to make sure that you sell your books. I'm going to point out two little secrets. Actually, let's go for three little secrets just to make everybody feel really comfortable about the economic situation. First off, look at a convenience store. It's just straight up. When you go to a convenience store, I don't care if you happen to buy a dollar six pop every day. That's not really contributing all that much to the convenience store. I don't care if you basically spend, you know, fifty, seventy-five, one hundred and fifty dollars at that convenience store every month. Ultimately, let's get real. They're having to deal with a couple thousand dollars worth of bills. That hundred and fifty you're spending there really isn't doing all that. However, the important part to realize is that because of where the convenience store is, because of what they're doing, they're making more than sufficient money to cover not just the cost of the lights, but also take care of the inventory as well as the payroll. So you have to sort of realize that not only is the convenience store basically taking advantage and basically congealing all these people that are spending, say, every month tops, but they're having a whole lot of them. Because of this, because they've got so many customers buying all these little items, that hey, they're able to take care of their bills. You need to sort of realize the same thing. I mean, straight up, you've got a lot of economic books out there that will tell you that it doesn't matter how many people you have, as long as you basically make sure they all pay. You can have 10 people that spend $1,000, and hey, you've made 10,000. Yeah, you can't look at it that way. That's not realistic. That's simply not going to get the bills paid because you're going to start looking for those 10 people that are going to pay the $1,000. And in all honesty, odds are you're just not going to find them. Odds are, you're, however, that you are going to find a couple thousand people that will spend a couple bucks each. And if you can find those couple thousand people, hey, you're going to make up that 10000 fast, just like the convenience store. That is, Rather than looking for a couple of people that are going to be spending a whole lot of money, you need to find a lot of people that are spending a couple of bucks. So whatever you can do to basically find those couple thousand people, I don't care if it's by advertising, by social media, by having some really cool YouTube videos, do it. Figure out what the secret is, because everybody has their own secret. Yeah, if you want a full discussion of that one little secret, then basically track down City Slickers. Billy Crystal does it, and goes into it, and pretty much detail but the key here is you need to figure out what works for you and exploit the heck out of it it's just straight up quit looking for those 10 people who are going to spend a thousand start looking for those couple thousand people who are going to spend a couple bucks each and figure out how to pull it off stop looking at yourself as a rolls royce company and start looking at yourself as a convenience store trust me it's going to be a lot easier for you to make money that way and i know it sounds sort of silly but trust me Go look back at how successful a lot of convenience stores are. Look how successful your fast food joints are. You know, so on and so forth. You've got a lot of places that are really, really successful off of just making very small purchases every time. And that's sort of where you need to be. The second big thing is the concept of pricing. We all know that basically people are looking for, you know, good old-fashioned bargains. That's fine. That's part of who we are. There's nothing bad about that. However, you can sort of take advantage of this. This means that, well, the old joke is that you don't price things at $3, you price them at $2.99. Why? Because $2.99 seems to be a lot smaller than $3. Yeah, I know, intellectually it makes absolutely no sense, but emotionally it does. And that's the key point here. When you start doing luxury items such as comic books, you need to realize that you're going for those emotional judgments. 
you don't want people to be 100% thinking whenever they buy your stuff. Yeah, I know. Uh, not the world's greatest way for self-confidence. But this means that when you start pricing stuff, you need to figure out what's the minimum you can price it for and then take it down a couple of cents. So figure out how much you're basically cost you to write something. Figure out how much you want to pay the artist. Figure out how much you're going to cost to print and how much it's going to cost to ship. Then once you figure all that, basically mark it up by about 75 to 100%. You know, if you're basically spending, say, $2 to basically pay a little bit to yourself, pay a little bit to the artist, take care of the shipping, take care of the printing, then, hey, mark it up to about $4. But then, remember what I said about taking a couple cents off? Mark it down to $3.99. At that point, people are going to be seeing this is a bargain and they're going to be wanting to buy your comic. Because it's not a $4 comic, they're going to read it for some strange reason. They're going to read it as a $3 comic. Even if it is just a cent shy of actually being $4. Yeah, I know. It's sneaky. It's nasty. But it sells. And right now, you're in a position where you need to think, is this nice or is this going to sell? Sure, it can do both. Great. Go for it. But for right now, just mark it down by a couple of cents off the straight dollar value. And trust me, you're going to find out that it's going to be selling a lot more than if it was at the straight dollar value. Yeah, I don't understand why $2.99 sells more than $3, but it simply does. Also, look into doing some sort of freebie. It's just straight up. People love getting stuff for free. And if it happens to be associated with something that happens to like, hey, not only are they getting what they want, but they're also getting a little bit something free on top of that. And remember what I said about people always look for bargains? Straight up, getting something for free, always going to be a bargain. It doesn't matter if it costs you $10,000 to get that free paper bookmark. But hey, you got that free paper bookmark. It costs you $10,000, but still, you got that paper bookmark. And again, it doesn't make sense intellectually, but emotionally, heck yeah, it makes some great sense. Not only are you getting something really cool out of it, but you're also getting another little something cool. And that little something extra cool doesn't cost you anything. What I'm basically looking at here is that if you happen to be selling this stuff from home and you happen to be doing the thing where you're doing the Kickstarters, then hey, find the little cheap stuff that you can actually throw on top of that stuff you're already selling. And you're going to find that people actually like it a little bit more. A personal story in this regard is that there's a, a online company called Noble Games. Great place, great shipping, you know, really trustworthy company. But what's really cool is that sometimes they'll give you little bitty, itty bitty dice. I mean, we're talking, you need a microscope to actually read the pips on these things. But getting that, it made me feel a lot better because it's sort of cool, it's sort of cute, and it's an extra bonus. So it's just when you start looking at stuff that you can actually throw on there, look at stuff that's going to be freebies. Or it's going to be really, really cheap. Either way, if you can figure out a way to basically make your quality seem a little bit better, go for it. So basically, three things to keep in mind here. One, go at it as a convenience store. Don't go at it as a luxury shop. Two, basically, mark your price down to less than a full dollar value. Again, $2.99 will sell a lot more often than $3. And if you can attach some sort of freebie to it, excellent. All right, so... By now, you should basically figure out, hey, if you're not going to basically be out there, figure out ways to basically take advantage of the time. Also, you actually do provide a service, and there are some interesting ways to take advantage of the way people think. But let's start looking at some of the stuff you can actually sell. First off, a lot of people consider 
digital content bonus. That is, if we're doing a Kickstarter, you're going to see a lot of people that will throw in the digital copy for free. You need to sort of realize that we're well past that point. A lot of people, yeah, the printed version will always be seen as infinitely better than a digital version. You can take it. There's that tactile thing. There's that smell thing. I mean, straight up. Remember as a kid, you get a new book, and it smelled absolutely incredible when you open up the pages? So yeah, the printed version obviously is going to be infinitely better than a, printed, than a digital version. However, you need to get out of the mindset that a digital version needs to be considered just a cheap knockoff of the printed version and needs to be considered its own product. You know, if you're going to basically write it in terms of a business plan, it would be have its own SKU. You know, it's just straight up. It's got to be considered a product in and of itself. I mean, straight up, a digital version has a lot of really cool things that a printed version doesn't. First off, obviously, it's a lot better for the environment. You know, those bits and bytes that you translate as are not basically harming the environment. Well, okay, the stuff that takes to transmit that stuff, but not the stuff in and of itself. You know, you're not having to chop down trees. You're not having to basically get those trees to a pulp mill. You're not having to basically make sure all that pulp, those pulp mill have all those fuels. And then all those really nasty environmentally non-friendly inks aren't going to be going into a river somewhere and polluting the ocean. You know, when it comes down to it, the PDF product is really cool. If you can do something digital, definitely go for it. The other thing is keep in mind going back to what we said about the convenience store. The really cool thing here is that a PDF version is going to be a lot cheaper than the printed version. And you can actually price it that way. You know, if you're going to basically be pricing something at three, four, five dollars printed version, the same thing can go for fifty cents to a dollar and still make a profit. You know, it's just something you need to sort of keep in mind there. On top of that, because you'll be selling a lot more of them, I mean let's get real. If people are going to be looking for a bargain. Remember what I said about that? Well, now we're going to apply it. People will basically see that they're basically getting the same product, but they're beginning it at a dramatically lower price. And straight up, if you've got a comic that's selling a printed version for three, four, five dollars, and all of a sudden you're offering it for fifty cents to a dollar, how well do you think that fifty cents to a dollar version is going to sell? Sure, it's not going to have the tactile feel, it's not going to smell as nice, but nonetheless, it still allows them to keep up with their characters, it allows them to keep up with their heroes and villains, and it's actually a pretty nice little art in and of itself. So definitely. Look into doing some sort of digital version of your comic and actually get comfortable doing it that way. If you offer a printed version, definitely do it. In fact, you'll notice that a lot of places that do print on demand and offer a printed version will offer also offer a printed uh, PDF version as well. Take advantage of that. Sell both versions. Don't just worry about, well, I like the tactile feel and I like how that smells of the new ink, so I'm definitely going to sell only the printed. No. Sell the PDF version as well. People can download it. They can read it just as well as they can the printed version. And let's get real. We're actually starting to get really well set up for it. The bottom line here is that if you're serious about selling your comic and you're trying to get a profit from it, you need to stop looking at, well, I can only sell one version of it and that's it. That's a really horrible mindset. Especially when you're in a position where you can actually sell multiple versions of that particular comic and none of that's really going to drop on your bottom line. This is why I love print-on-demand locations. You can not only have a lot of fun selling different formats of the book, but you can also sell a straight digital version. So the bottom line here is, get over the whole digital is second rate and 
Start selling them. It's just people can't afford your three, four, five dollar book, but they can maybe afford your fifty to a cent dollar book. You know, so go ahead and sell those PDFs. They're great. They're economically and they're environmental friendly, well, to a degree. On top of that, you've got a lot of places that are basically being set up specifically to take advantage of new technology. You got that cell phone, that smartphone that has a really huge size to it that you can probably use to knock somebody out with it. Yeah, it's not as big as the old bricks, but it's still pretty sizable. Well, you got a lot of websites that are actually starting to set up so that they can actually take advantage of that as a rally comic reading device. Tapas and Webtoons are probably the best too. You know, look them up. You basically will have to reformat your comment to a certain degree. That's fine. Go ahead and do it. It's, you should be doing it to a certain degree anyway. But that not only means that you're going to have a lot more readers, and therefore a lot more people you can sell your other stuff to, but you also be able to make a little bit of money off that particular version as well. And in fact, because of the reach that Webtoons and Tapa have, we're not talking small change here. This is definitely something you need to take advantage of. On top of that, Amazon itself has a really great way to take advantage of this. I mean, straight up. Yeah, I know there's the whole, you know, Kmart versus little guy thing going on with Amazon. But hey, you have the option of selling your particular goods pretty much anywhere Amazon reaches. That in and of itself means that even though basically you're converting your big fish in your little pond to a little fish in a much bigger pond, think about that for a sec. This means that, see, if you're dealing with that little pond of yours that you personally set up, you're limited to wherever you set up. You know, your sellers, your contacts, so on and so forth. The key here is you're limited to your ability. But if you take advantage of something like Amazon and sell yourself up there, sure, you're not going to, you're going to have to put a little bit more marketing into it. You're going to have to be a little bit better and a little bit more efficient and have a lot more people know exactly what you're going on. But that also gives you a lot more reach. There's a reason I'm pointing out that it's a much, much bigger pond. And if you have a much, much bigger pond, you also have access to many, many more customers, which is sort of a neat little point here. That little convenience store you're setting up all of a sudden just went worldwide. So take advantage of the stuff you got access to. If you're going to have that really cool little printed version of your comic, figure out how to slice and dice it so you can actually sell it on Webtoon or Tapa. On top of that, keep it in its original format and sell it as a PDF through the KDP over on Amazon. And definitely sell the printed version off, or at least have it accessible, you know? Like I said, you're no longer in a position where you have to limit yourself to just one format of a book. Sure, if you're going to basically print a couple thousand copies off, and you're going to individually ship them, yeah, you're going to be limited to that one. Take advantage of a print-on-demand service like Amazon, like Lulu, like pretty much any dozen others, and all of a sudden, it's not all that important. So definitely have a little bit of fun with it. Merch-wise, you're going to have to get a little bit more interesting. See, a lot of people tend to get stuck on, well, clothing or the big posters. You know, if you can't sell on a basically a huge wall poster or if you can't sell on a t-shirt, don't bother with it, right? No. You have a lot of opportunities when it comes to smaller items. And again, going back to the whole economic crisis issue where people are trying to basically pay for food on the table... Yeah, they're basically not be going after those big items like your posters and their t-shirts. They're looking for small stuff that still allows them to say they support you, but, you know, 
basically is a little bit more, uh, shall we say, budget-friendly. Because of this, you need to look at merchants a little bit on the cheaper side, and to a certain degree, is a little bit do-it-yourself. If you can figure out those kind of areas, you've got some really cool stuff going on. What I'm sort of suggesting is stuff like, say, bookmark. Yeah, you can have people actually print them out yourselves, or heck, you can actually print them out yourself or have them accessible. Uh, Zazzle.com, for example, has a really great bookmarks where you can actually have somebody go to Zazzle, print off their own, you know, basically order bookmarks from Zazzle, and they're good. They're only a couple bucks, and that's money that's going to be pretty much in your pocket, you know? It's not a $15, $20, $30 t-shirt, but it's still a couple of bucks that isn't necessarily a bad thing. And then what I said about the convenience store. Little things and a multitude will actually make up for the big item. And like so, looking for those little items isn't necessarily a bad thing. Bookmark? Sure. You'll get 50, 75 cents for it, and it costs them about two, three bucks, but still, that's 50, 75 cents you'd have, rather than, say, hoping somebody goes for those t-shirts. Also, you can do things like allow people to basically print off posters of their own. Obviously, this means that you're going to have to have some sort of little you know, URL for it and have them basically go there. But look at, like, Top Web Comics, where you could actually print a lot of this stuff up for, for as a voting incentive. Yeah. Remember what I said about the digital version? Going to a webcomic? There's actually sites that will actually promote your comic for you in this regard if it's actually a webcomic versus a printed comic. Then, of course, you convert that printed comic into either a PDF or a printed book, and hey, you obviously get a little bit of money. But the key here is that you have a lot of sites that actually act as votes. They're actually, they basically have people go there and actually vote on how good the thing is, and a lot of people will set up voting incentives. This is where if they vote for your comic, they'll be taken to a cute little URL, and they can download graphic. They can either basically use these graphics as avatars, for buttons, for badges to put on their own sites, or to put on their Facebook pages, or other social media for that matter. Or you can have something that's actually a desktop or is something that's set up as a poster. What's really cool is you can then take these posters and you can make these desktops, have them available for $0.50, cents, $1, $2, and people can download these themselves and print them off on their printer. Again, it's something cheap, it's economical, and it's sort of cute, and it basically gives them something that's a fan material. And fans love fan material. As much material as they can possibly get. If you have access to a thousand and one graphics and you can actually sell these off as, well, buttons, avatars, or even posters that they can print themselves, hey, you're going to have some really happy fans, especially in the younger set. So definitely look into doing these do it yourself posters. On top of that, you've also got the option of doing paper figurines. Remember origami, where basically you could actually make a square piece of paper into a helmet, a fish, or a sword? Well, you've got a couple of comic, you've actually got a couple of con, con companies out there, sorry, that basically will take your character and convert it to something that can actually be folded up with tabs and slots and all that, and can actually make your character into a cube, basically a Minecraft version of your characters. Sort of awesome, isn't it? So, definitely something to look into. Again, all these ideas are cheap. They're not necessarily free, but they're still cheap, and there's lots. they can actually be used to be sold lots of them. 
Again, going back to the convenience store model. You gotta love it. Alright. So, you now basically have a, well, I would like to say a leaner version, but you're actually figuring out ways to expand what you can actually sell. And on top of that, a lot of these new items are a lot cheaper than, say, t-shirts, hats, and printed comics. But you're also going to have to figure out ways to promote all of these. Fortunately, the internet is actually set up to actually do a lot of promotion for you, especially if you happen to have a camera and a mic. You know, that laptop all of a sudden became very useful as a marketing tool and actually just became a lot better for you. What this means is that basically you can take advantage of some really cool things like TikTok, YouTube, Vimeo, and actually all of a sudden produce your own little commercials. They're cheap. They're basically as wonky as you want, and you can actually have a little bit of fun with them. Especially if you get a little creative with them. In fact, the more creative, obviously, the better. You're also going to want to figure out ways to cross-promote. You know, basically, you and a friend basically promote each other's products and maybe wrap another couple of people in there. And all of a sudden, that means all of a sudden you're taking advantage of everybody's resources. You're not just limited to your own. Sort of like a smaller version of what's going on with Amazon. Except in this case, you're a lot more focused. And because of that, you're obviously going to probably do a little bit better. Again, it's not necessarily the big, huge, you know, you're not basically taking your cute little convenience store and making it go worldwide, but you've got just enough franchises out there to make it interesting. So you're still basically playing at mom and pop level, which is cool. Cross-promotion actually does work, especially if you've got something really good and you're actually having a little bit of fun with it. All right, I know a lot of people are used to basically thinking in terms of good old-fashioned, traditional type stuff, like I said, the commercials, ads, that sort of thing. But you can also have a little bit more fun of it given the nature of the Internet. This, of course, means you can have things like Internet scavenger hunts, where basically you've got special prizes put in all sorts of weird places, not only on your website, but on websites of friends and maybe even on your social media. The key is that once people find all the various parts of the scavenger hunt, they can combine these, and it basically comes into some sort of promotion code. Obviously, they will take that promotion code and basically apply it to whatever you want them to apply it to, making it really cool. Not only have they done something really, really cool, but they've also gotten an award for it, and that award will actually profit you. A little cynical? Yeah. But think about it from the fan perspective. This gives them something that basically they'd be doing anyway, which is basically exploring your comics as fully as they possibly can. And on top of that, they're getting something a little bit exclusive for it. You know, that promotion cord. Or they can be getting little graphics for it. Or they can get access to the cute, you know, the paper figurine. Or even do-it-yourself posters. The key here is, you can have a lot of fun with the scavenger hunt. On top of that, you can combine with other people to create content. Think about that for a sec. You can basically throw all your stuff together and... Basically, put it together for some sort of fan contest where it's sort of some sort of... See, here's the problem. I want to stay away from raffle because dealing with the internet, raffles are sort of verboten. That is, because of the weird range of jurisdictions you have, a lot of people and just simply don't want people to do, well, raffles off. This doesn't mean you can't do them. It just means you have to be very careful about how you do it. But if you were to do something, say, a fan art contest or... You know, some sort of, what can you do as a fan to basically show me off and then reward that fan for it? Hey, at that point, you've got a really cool contest. You've got something where everybody gets to play a little bit with creativity. And overall, it's something a little bit fun for everybody. And again, it gets your word of mouth out going for you. You get a really cool buzz off of it. And you can use that to basically sell your good. 
you know, everybody pretty much wins here. The fans have fun for being creative, and, of course, obviously, you get the financial rewards as well as the popularity. You know, it's not necessarily a bad way to go about it. Also, start looking at ways to do guest posts for blogs or basically help other people with their own web comics, or even go on podcasts. Yes, I'm obviously doing a semi-plug because Web Comics Reviews and Interviews does do interviews. If you actually want to talk to me about coming on the show, hey, let's talk. But the key here is that basically guest blogs, web comics, and even podcasts can actually help build your business. They can act as advertising for it. And, well, advertising that basically lets you relate to your fans is always worth it. Again, you're creating connection between them. They like that connection. And because they actually know who you are and they actually like you for whatever reason, hey, they're going to do whatever they can to support you. You know, those bookmarks, those do-it-yourself posters, the cube figurine, even some of your bigger merch, all of a sudden becomes really pro- popular. And because of that, it's definitely going to help you down the road. So definitely start looking at whatever you can guess. On top of that, there's a thing called online conventions, which is sort of cool. You're starting to see them spring up all over the place, especially on Facebook. What this is, just people are getting together saying, hey, we've got all these comics, we have no convention to sell them at, so hey, let's do a virtual version. You know, we don't have to worry about social distancing and all that, so hey, come on, come all, and let's see if we can get some buzz going on with ourselves. It's just straight up. On top of that, you don't have to worry about the table all of a sudden becomes a non-issue because you can set people up, you can basically have them go to your links and have a little bit of fun there. So that, you know, table that you're basically were going to be spending 6, 10, 12 hours at, hey, now all of a sudden becomes 24 hours and you can do pretty much whatever you want. So definitely if you can track down some online conventions, track them down. They're definitely worth the time and effort. So the bottom line here is you need to get creative. If you want people to actually start spending money on you and look at it, just remember four basic things. Keep in mind the convenience store model. You don't need to find 10 people that are going to spend $1,000. You need to find a couple of thousand that are going to spend a couple of bucks. If you can pull that trick off, which is actually a lot easier than finding those 10, hey, you basically are going to make life a lot simpler and a lot more profitable for yourself. Two, basically find cheap stuff. Yeah, I know. People don't like the idea of cheap, but you have to keep in mind, economic crisis at the time means that people are going to have a lot less disposable income than they used to. They're also going to be worried about spending and what they do. It's just straight up. If you have to worry about rent, you have to worry about bills, and you have to worry about getting food on the table, all of a sudden the best, coolest comic book in the universe isn't going to be all that important to you. You need to figure out a way to make those comic books important to them. So don't get too crazy with the money and... Look at just little itty bitty things. That's why I'm emphasizing stuff like the paper figuring, the bookmarks, the do-it-yourself posters. These are great ways for you to still have stuff available for your fans and still figure out ways to make money for yourself. Again, convenience store model. You know, convenience stores don't sell Lamborghinis and Maseratis. They sell pops. They, you know, they sell soda. They sell candy bars. They sell cheap hamburgers. All these are really great and have a really cool thing of basically allowing you a little bit more access to the average person's budget. So definitely look into that sort of thing. Three, have fun. Figure out ways to team up, get creative, and just go gonzo. This is a time where you can actually have some fun and get creative and be rewarded for it. 
Obviously, you don't want to get too creative. You don't want to break the law, for example. But definitely have some fun with it. And you've got all the air tests out there. If you have a laptop, you have a mic, and you have a camera, you can have a lot of fun with that. You've got Vimeo, you've got TikTok, you've got YouTube, you've got places to put these videos. You've got social media that you can actually take advantage of and just go crazy on it. The bottom line here is, you've got a lot of access to a lot of resources that you can actually have some fun with in getting the word out. Throw in a couple of online conventions, and hey, you're golden. Have some fun with And four, remember above all that you have value. You are part of the community. You have something that basically has the ability to give value to somebody else's life. You know, you're not just simply, it's just you need to realize that a lot of dystopias start off with everybody having boring gray beige walls with nothing on them. You have the opportunity to make those gray beige walls into something free. You can up the up quality of other people's lives and that's something you need to keep in mind so no matter how much you told it you as an artist don't matter that you as an artist are tick on you know the rump of society the bottom line is you contribute something that makes society worth living in so keep that in mind anytime somebody sells elsewhere and last but not least and this is sort of bonus here stay safe do whatever you can to basically keep healthy. I don't care if it's a huge bottle of vitamin C. But keep in mind, of course, that there is going to be a lot of really bad medical advice out there. Try to figure out and filter it out and just go with the good stuff. The bottom line here is it'd be really cool to have as many of you people on the other side of this as you possibly can. Just creating and getting back to the old-fashioned rivalries. You know? This is a time we need to pull together, and this is a time when... We need to do it separately, which is sort of ironic when you think about it. But the key here is we need to support each other as much as we possibly can, and you need to do it in the most healthy way possible. So definitely keep safe, keep healthy, and keep creating. This episode of Webcomics Reviews and Interviews is brought to you by Podfaves.com. You love podcasts, but it's hard finding that next bingeable show. Podfaves has taken out the guesswork by easily identifying the best podcasts out there so you can spend less time searching and more time listening. That's P-O-D-F-A-V-S dot com. And that's our show. For those interested in supporting the show, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash two sparrows, T-W-O. It features minicasts, the next episode, and unedited interviews, and I'm working on transcripts of the various shows. We also have an Alexis app offering two-minute minicasts offering writing and business tips, as well as affirmations to keep you writing. We also have curated playlists on YouTube, with all the shows broken down to different playlists based on topic. It also includes a good part of available minicast, as well as the Alexis briefs. So please support our Patreon page, download the Alexis app, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, and please talk to us on Facebook. Thank you, and have a great day.